and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you, Lord God, for another day that you have given us, Lord God, and in particular this Sunday, Lord God, being the first Sunday of a new year, Lord God. We get to start all over again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so right now, Lord God, as we gathered here together today, Lord God, and we uh, seek to open our hearts to hear from you, Lord God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I bind every force of the enemy. We bind it, as you have said, what is bound, what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And we bind every trick of the enemy, Lord God. And we open our hearts unto you, Lord God, that we may receive your word, Lord God. Your word that changes us. Your word that being received, it rearranges our thoughts and our, our, in, in our minds and in our heart, Lord God. And it enables us, Lord God, to never be the same, Lord God. So as you speak to us today, Lord God, let every soul receive your word, Lord God. That as we gurgitate on your word, as we digest your word, Lord God, that it will mold us, that it will make us over, Lord God, into a vessel that is fit for your use, Lord God. So we give you praise, honor, and glory right now, Lord God. Let our spirits be settled right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we may receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. It's one of the, I believe, what they call the minor prophets. So that will be found after the chronicle, after the judges. So it's towards the beginning or, uh, or, or in there. So it's after judges. You'll see it after chronicles. If you get to the Psalms, you went just a little bit too far. The small books are giving some direction on how to find it. Nehemiah chapter 8. My friends, as you turn there, I'm excited uh, in, in such a, man, a way that I can't even really express in words. You know, as we have I said, God has given us another year. You know, and I think I mentioned this in Bible study or something, because God has spoke to me, you know, each 24 hours we get to start a new day. Every seven days we get to start a new week. And every 30 some odd days we get to start a new month. And of course, every 365 days we get to start a new year. And for us as believers and people in general, it's, it's always good to be able to get a, a new start. You know, uh, so looking back in 2017, just for a second and reflecting, we know that God has brought us to and some of us can uh, think of some of the things that he has brought you through in 2017, some of the struggles that we may have had. But the good news is, is that through all of that, we know that we are still here. And, and uh, the better news is that we get to start all over again. We get to start a new year. And the, and the new start or starting over brings about a freshness. So we get to start afresh. So it doesn't matter 
what was in the past. This is what uh, Minister Leslie was praying as Paul said that, you know, forgetting the things in the past, but looking for what? Looking forward to the things that are before us. And this, we have a new start this year, my friends. So God really wants to speak to our hearts and he really wants to encourage us on some things. And here in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 will be our text verse on this morning. And as we have uh, entered into 2018, let the word of God encourage us because there is a word that he wants for the church. And I pray that each and every one of us grab hold to what God is wanting to encourage us in. I'm talking about what God wants to encourage us in as we enter into this new year. And he is really wanting to impart to us as believers uh, understanding that comes with the mindset of joy and who he is. So Nehemiah chapter 8. God wants you to experience joy unexpressible this year, my friends. Amen. There's many of us that went through a lot of hardship and, and, and through many different things. And we find it at times hard to know or, or, or feel joy. But God is saying in 2018, he wants to give us an understanding of what real joy is. So that we may not be duped or tricked by the enemy. The text verse says this. And by the way, if we have to title this message, the title of the message today would be the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And in verse 10 of of Nehemiah chapter 8, everybody there? It says this. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day, somebody say this day. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here in the book of Nehemiah, this is uh, speaking of Ezra. One of the prophets, and he had been, uh, if we back up a little bit, you'll see where he, God had him standing before the people at the gate, at the gate called water, the water gate, in there. And and God had him ministering or, or actually reading the book. What book was that he was reading? He was reading the book of, of the law, the law of Moses. And he and here at this time, you know, I'm not going to go all the way back and explain every little detail, but obviously we know that the children of Israel have been through many different things and they had suffered at the hands of uh, the captives, you know, or, or their, their captives, you know, in there and, and they, they had continuously over and over again suffered. And I say that because we are living at a time where there's many that are suffering today in different things. The thing here, though, is that what we want to pay attention to is the mindset of the people here. See, because when the Bible tells them and when the prophet says, as is written here, that the joy of the Lord is your strength, he was not speaking to them at a time that they were feeling joyful. As a matter of fact, he was, feeling, he was speaking to them at a time that their hearts were full of sorrow. 
And if you read through here, then you'll see that the, well, why at this moment in particular, why their hearts were sorrow is because they, the book was being read to them. The law of God was being read to them and it pricked their hearts so much that they began to weep uncontrollably. In verse, uh, let's look at verse 8, back up to verse 8, it says, so they read distinctive, uh, excuse me, uh, distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense and helped them understand the reading. And this is speaking of the, the, the scribes. They, they begin to, in the Levites, they begin, they, they begin to explain the scripture. And, and, and look what happens. In verse 9 it says, In Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept. Somebody hear me now. For all the people wept. They heard the word of God. And they began to weep with sorrow. When they heard the words of the law, it says, uh, they wept when they heard the words of the law. Do we weep when God, when we hear the word of God? Is our hearts broken because we hear the word of God? God is uh, here beginning to minister to them and he's imparted to them something that is very special. Something that they will be able to, if they take it, to hold on to for the rest of their lives. And it's the same thing that he wants to speak to us here as we enter into 2018. And I pray that each and every one of us truly gets this. God is saying that no, things may not be all hunky-dory around you in your circumstances. By the way, let me just stop right here because there, we need to truly make a distinction here. That joy is not the same as happiness. There's a huge difference between joy and happiness and God wants to speak to our hearts about that. Happiness is born, first of all, it's a, a feeling and an emotion. We're just going to walk through this very slowly. Happiness is a feeling an emotion that is born out of your happenstance or circumstances. It's a feeling that's coming out of your circumstances or what's happening around you, just like sadness, the, the opposite of, of that. It's born out of your circumstances. And so many times, you know, when things are going good or, or things are happening that are good, then guess what happens? Then our emotions can make us feel or, or dictate to us that we are happy. See, and, and then other times when things are not going so good, and matter of fact, when things are going bad, then guess what your emotions and your, your feelings will tell you about happiness? That I'm not happy. See, so happiness is, is, a, 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 is one of these things that will take us on a roller coaster. It can go up and it'll come down. Joy is something totally different. The joy of the Lord, my friend, is not based on circumstances or happenstances. The joy of the Lord is based on Jesus Christ for us here today. And even for these then, the joy of the Lord that he was encouraging them that they had was because of they had the word of God. And the, and the word of God was what there to redeem them, to save them, to keep them. Turn your Bibles for one moment to John chapter 15. And this is Jesus speaking. 
and hear what the what your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wants to impart to each and every one of us in our understanding of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In John chapter 15 verse 11 it says these things I have spoken to you that my joy this is Jesus may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Understand my friends that the joy of the Lord that's my strength is his joy. Jesus said that again that I speak these things to you that my joy may remain in you. And in order for us to have the joy of the Lord then we have to ha have Jesus abide in us. We have to have, the, and when I, when I say Jesus abides in us, I'm talking about even the understanding of what true joy is. The joy of the Lord that's your strength is Jesus abiding in you. Jesus said, my joy, I speak these things to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. Your joy can't be full without the understanding of the real joy comes from the Lord. And this is how the joy of the Lord becomes your strength because now what we understand joy to be is not an emotional feeling based on my circumstances. But we understand joy to be exactly what Hebrews chapter 12 talks about and that, that is that the joy that was set before us, that is a relationship with Christ Jesus, with God through Christ Jesus. See, what real joy is, is not birthed on the outside. It's, it's born on the inside. It's born with the understanding, my friend, that, the, that we have peace with God through Christ Jesus. So if you're, if you're basing or looking for joy in this lifetime with the, uh, as a believer to, for in any other avenue, then the understanding that Jesus Christ is the one that has made peace with God and because of the peace that he made with God it, I'm in a right relationship with God and therefore my hope is in the fact that he's coming back again that my hope is in eternal life see real joy and the joy that Jesus was saying that my joy that I give to you is that I have redeemed you and now you have a relationship that is eternal my friend that goes beyond today, the here and now, that goes beyond your happenstance, that goes beyond your circumstances. So if we are looking for joy based on any other avenue, then we're looking down the wrong roads, my friend. What you're really looking for then is, uh, is what is impossible. We're looking to experience joy through happiness, and it don't work like that. Somebody hear what I'm saying to you. We're trying to, we're looking to experience joy through happiness. And happiness, we already established that that's a roller coaster. It's going to come up, up and down. And if we are looking to, uh, to have joy through happiness, then my friend, that's exactly what's going to happen is that we'll never really experience real joy. We'll experience a roller coaster that takes us on a happy trail someday and then a sad trail the next. But the, the word of the Lord is encouraging us today to not look for to, or, or to establish joy through happiness. But to look to have joy that will bring forth happiness. 
See, it's a different direction. It's the same, it's the difference, the same difference is going east as opposed to west. See, east will tell you, and I ain't got nothing against going east, but east will tell you that you can have joy based on your happiness. West is going a whole different direction. West is knowing what true joy is and, that, and then it delivers and manifests into happy days, my friend. One that don't go up and down. This is huge. This is a huge thing that God is trying to impart to us because he's saying, you, my dear, dear child, I want you to experience my real joy that, you, that your 2018 won't be a roller coaster, my friend. See, some of us have been down the roller coaster for too far too long. And God is saying, I'm, I'm trying, I need to get you off the roller coaster. And, and today is the day that I want to speak a word and impart a word to you to encourage you that you don't have to be on the roller coaster, my friend. That the real joy as a believer, it starts with the, 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 the real essence that is birthed on the inside. And that real essence is that we have eternal life through Christ Jesus. And see, you know, there's a, a song that, that we used to sing that this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. See, but when we base our joy on happy things, then this, the, the happiness comes from the things of the world. Amen. Then the song don't become true no more. <laughs> See, somebody, the songwriter here, he, he understood some things. And what he understood is that the joy of the Lord being my strength, that the joy, that it comes from him. And it comes from an understanding that Jesus, glory be to God. Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus. Have paid the price for my sin. And that Jesus has enabled me to be in this right relationship with God today. And that is the joy that comes from above. Again, look at verse 15. I mean, verse 11 of chapter 15. This is in John. We're going to slow down right here because this is too much not to get. This is Jesus again. He says, these things I have spoken to you. That my joy. He's talking about his joy. Amen. May remain in you. So the joy that Jesus was imparting is not your joy that he was giving to you. Because he knows our joy is based on happiness. He knows that we're going east. He says, I need you to turn or do a U-turn, my friend. Get off the freeway and do that U-turn and get back going the other direction. He says, in the other direction, it comes with the understanding that my joy, this is Jesus, that his joy, he wanted to impart to us and that when he imparted to us, that it will remain with us. And because in that, what was Jesus' joy? What was Jesus' joy? then we have to ask ourselves if this joy that Jesus was trying to impart to me, his joy, that he was trying to give to me, then we have to ask ourselves the question of what was Jesus' joy? Turn your Bibles, hold your finger there, we can mark it. I'm going to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And as you turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, let us make this connection. Because God is, this is some exciting news, my friend. 
what he did for others, he will do for you. What he, he's been doing this a long time. And somebody needs to know that he's been doing this all the way back to, to the beginning of time. It's expressed in Nehemiah how the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Levites, the priests, the, the people of Israel, the children of God, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, that God has been ministering this joy for, for, for all the way back to the beginning of time. And he's had a desire for his people to experience his joy. This, don't, this, this, this didn't start yesterday. This didn't even start just 2,000 years ago. God has wanted his people to have his joy and to know that his joy is their strength. Because he knew that we were living in a world that was already uh, separated from him. That we were born into the, uh, this world that, was, that could never experience the joy of the Lord. And the sad part about it is as God has wanted in his desire for his children. The children of Israel and the children of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those of us that have been redeemed. This has been the desire of the Lord for all, all of this time. For them to experience the joy of the Lord and it never was predicated on the things of the earth or what was going on in the world. It was always separated from that. And as he gave them his word and his word made them sorrowful. Why did his word make, make, make them sorrowful at that time? It made them weak because they knew that they weren't living up to his word. But he says, here's the good news, my friend. The good news is, is that you, you don't have to sorrow because the joy that, that I want you to experience ain't because you living up to how good you need to be. But, but it's because of my word that sets you free. And, 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 and we see the manifestation. The manifestation is seen here right now because these people back in Nehemiah, they hadn't seen Jesus Christ come yet. See, all of this was prophecy about the Messiah that was coming. So they had, their hope had to be in a word that they hadn't even experienced yet. <laughs> Ours is a little different because Jesus has came. He has been raised from the dead. Glory be to God. So we live on this side. And this is what the book of Hebrews is talking about. A cloud of witnesses, my friend. Hebrews chapter 12. And this is powerfully good news, my friend. That if we just receive what God is saying, that let me just stop right here because I'm just going to keep it real. If any of us, and you don't have to raise your hand, but just acknowledge to yourself, that in 2017, did you go through some ups and downs? Did you go through some happy times and sad times? Did you, and, and even, and not just going through happy times and, and, and sad times, but did you, uh, even allow the, the happy times or the sad times to, to consume you, even in the least bit, or to steal your joy in the moment. See, because joy, this joy that he, that he gives, the joy of the Lord uh, can't no circumstance steal from it. Can't no situation hinder the joy of the Lord. See, but when, we, when our happiness is one that's driving our joy, then that's why we experience joy up and down. And what God is wanting to impart to us, and he set us free in, into 2018, is that your joy is to remain the same. Because it came from Jesus. 
and he has remained it the same. If we look at the life of Christ when he was here, just think about it. You, you, you'll notice that it didn't matter who or where or what he was experiencing. Jesus was the same. Circumstances didn't move him. Jesus was the same. Glory be to God. We serve a God that is awesome and so mighty that, his, that, that he is the same. The Bible says that he is the same today and, and yesterday. And surely he'll be the same tomorrow. Here in, in Hebrews chapter 12, if you have read prior to that, chapters 10, 11, is speaking of Abraham, the faith of Abraham, faith of uh, some of the, the patriarchs, Jacob, Moses, and, and many more. And how they continued to believe God. And by faith they were able to overcome. And he says that this was the race that they had ran by faith. And so in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12. We come here because the question that we asked is what is the joy? What is Jesus' joy? And it says, that, let's start in verse 1. It says, therefore. We also, since we have surrounded, are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And it's talking about Abraham, Isaac, all of these patriarchs that ran the race believing God. That's what running the race of faith means. That they believe God. Even, and they believe God, and, and what this is expressing is they believe God for what God said that they would never even experience. They believe God that the Messiah was coming. They believe God that God was sent forth one that would save the world and redeem the world and it wasn't going to be in their time that they would experience this so they believed God for what he said this was the faith that they had this is the great cloud of witness it says let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. And this is why we came here. Who? Somebody say who? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So we ask the question, what is the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord was uh, that which was set before him the, the, to accomplish. The hope that he had in what God had charged him for. That he was able to accomplish. Glory be to God. That was the joy of the Lord. That he could go out and keep the command that God had commanded him with, and he could fulfill it. That God may be pleased. The will of God being done, my friend, that does what? That benefited you and me. The joy of the Lord was that he satisfied God. That redeemed, that opened the door for the salvation and the redemption of each and every one of us. That's the joy of the Lord. That he set us in a place that we can experience eternally that which we would have never been able to experience without him being the appropriation for us. That was the, that's the joy of the Lord. So now when you can see Jesus says that my joy, that my joy may remain in them and that is that they can remember when they receive Jesus, that, that when they can receive this, that they will put this first and foremost and above all things in their heart. Above all things. Above all the weights. Above all the sin. See, you see what it says that right in verse 1 again? That we lay aside every weight and every sin that easily uh, stares us. 
Then he says that they could get an understanding that the most important thing to today, today, somebody say today. Today, today the most important thing is that they understand what, what they have in me imparting my joy. In me imparting the, that which I have accomplished for the Lord that has opened the gates of, of eternity unto all men any man and everyone that will receive him glory be to God so well, let me make this very plain and very clear well what is he saying what he's saying is is that every morning that we wake up that, that first and foremost and above all things that God wants to remind us he wants to bring to our memories first and above all things what this day is all about and this day is all about the, the fact that we have eternal life so before anything bad or anything, you know, any weight comes your way, that you have a, a joy that's exploding in you because today I'm living for the fact that I have eternal life, my friends. That I have a hope and expectation to spend eternal life with God, the Father, and Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the problem is, is when our joy is messed up because we don't remember that every single day, all day, first and foremost and above all things. So what happens is, is we'll wake up in the morning and before you could even get out of bed, you'd have thought something crazy or, or, or somebody didn't said something crazy or you didn't got a text before you even woke up in the morning. You look at that thing and, and, and it's something crazy. So that starts our day. See, and God is saying in 2018, what I need you to do is, is I need you to have a different understanding that some rearrangements can happen. Because when you wake up in the morning, then the first thing that you understand, and we all know this, that it was him that woke us up. It ain't no doubt about that. God says, you've been knowing that. And I'm glad that you have known that, but he says, I need you to add something to it. And when you wake up in the morning, knowing that I woke you up, then know that I woke you up to, uh, that you still have a destiny. And that destiny is eternal life, my friend. I want you to connect to that first and foremost. So when the texts come in, when the evil thoughts or the crazy thoughts come in, when you think about how much you got to do today at work and all of this crazy stuff that you got to deal with, that it don't overtake you, my friend. This is the joy of the Lord. This is strength. See, the, that's when we understand what's that, what, where the joy is and what it is, then it becomes our strength. It becomes our strength to deal with that foolishness. It becomes our strength to deal with that thought. It becomes the, our, our strength to know what we got to deal with when we hit the job site. This is a serious thing, my friend, that God is saying that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you got to know what, your, uh, what the joy of the Lord is. And you got, and you got to know how you got it. You didn't get it because you earned it. This joy, the world didn't give it to you. This joy, God is imparting to each and every one of us. And though all of us as believers have it, not all of us as believers are operating in it. And this is where he wants to take us today. He wants to give us an understanding, a clear understanding of how to operate. That the joy, just what John 15 says, 11, that these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you. And, and as a result of my joy remaining in you, that your joy may be full. 
See, there's a difference between his joy and your joy. Come on, come on. And in order for your joy to be full, see it, look at it. You can see it very clearly. That it says that, that my, Jesus is speaking, he says that my, I speak these things to you that my joy may be put in you and remain there. That your joy, or in order for your joy to be full. See, the joy of the Lord, we see it right here. He said that, that the joy, who for the joy, this is in Hebrews 12 again. I'm going back and forth. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. His joy was to endure the cross, my friend. For you and for me. This was his joy. That ain't your joy. See, it ain't our joy to have, to have endured no cross. We couldn't have did it anyway. But I'm talking about his joy. See, when, when he says my joy remain in you, is the understanding that, that what he, his joy was, that it's been put in you. <clears throat> and his joy is that he endured the cross. That your joy may be full. What is our joy? Then our joy being full because of him enduring the cross is that we have eternal life. So the world circumstances can't change your eternal destination, my friend. But we let happenstance dictate our joy because we're going east instead of west. Because, and what does that mean? Just simply because we don't have the right understanding. And God is saying, no, what I need you to do is when you wake up in the morning, let me be the first one to impart you. To let you know that today we're going west, my friend. And today it starts with the fact that you have eternal life. So you have joy that's an abundance today. So it ain't going to matter what happens. Whatever cross your path, don't lose the fact that you, you, know, you started out with joy. And this joy will remain. It will stay full with you. It will stay full and it will be with you. It'll take you through the day. It will be your strength. But we've been using the joy of the Lord to be our strength. We've been using the, 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 the circumstances of life to either be our strength or our de uh, detriment. We've been leaning on what the circumstances that happens today. So as long as they're good today, Justin, I can be happy today. But when tomorrow comes and they don't seem so good. And God is saying, this is so serious, my friend. I'll tell you how serious it is. Go back to John chapter, uh, the, the St. John. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at chapter 17 right now. This is how serious this is. St. John. We were in 15. We're going to go to 17 right now. This is how serious this is to God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. It's so serious that the fact that, uh, and, and do any of you remember the story of, uh, you know, uh, the Last Supper, the, the rest of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. You know, somewhere along in there, right before he got arrested, the Bible speaks of the time that he spent in Gethsemane, yeah. the Garden of Gethsemane. And what was he doing there? 
the Bible speaks of this time that he was praying and he was praying so intensely that uh, some of the gospels describe it that he was praying so intensely that he was uh, that he sweated as uh, blood and this ain't no fairy tale what the word of God is saying that he before he went to that cross he prayed to the father and, he, and it was so intense that he was praying as, uh, and it was as sweats his sweat was his blood coming from him. That's how intense it, it was. Look in John chapter 17. This is a part of what he was praying. This is how serious this is. I'm showing you how serious it is. <clears throat> Look at verse 13. Matter of fact, let's back up to verse 12. This is Jesus praying to the Father intensely. And one of the things that he prayed intensely was this. He says, while I was in the world, or while I was with them in the world, I kept them. And he prayed this to the Father about the disciples, even at, at that time. He says, your name, excuse me, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I've kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, Judas, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And look at verse 13. He says, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. Remember, so what he's talking about is not your joy fulfilled in you. He's talking about that he prayed to the Father so intensely that it was a sweat, uh, sweat and blood. That, that the, his joy that you would know and have his joy fulfilled in you. In them, in this prayer is for us as well. Do you know that Jesus prayed for your joy? I'm going to say that again. I'm talking about you. Jesus prayed for my joy. I don't know about you, but I believe what the word of God says that he, he, Jesus specifically prayed for my joy. John, and you need to understand that Jesus prayed for your joy and it's serious to him. See, it takes on a whole new life when you understand that Jesus prayed for you, Lariah, for your joy to be full. And not just to be full, but that it will remain full, my friend. This is the heart of Jesus Christ. He prayed this intensely to God for you. Do you understand that? This is how serious this is. And it's serious when I say serious because this is how serious. Because we talk about and we hear all kinds of preaching about what we're supposed to have. This is what you're supposed to have, my friend. This is what Jesus, the Son of God, the one that died on the cross for our sins, prayed for you to have. See, all of this other stuff, we can try to make it this, that, or whatever. You know, I ain't even gonna get into all of that monkey business, but I, what I do know that Jesus prayed for me was that, I, that my joy, that his joy, his joy may be full in me. That his joy may be full in me. That is something that we can be excited about. And that's something that if we embrace, my friend, I'm telling you, it'll change your whole life. And God, that's what he wants to do for 2018. He wants to change your life. 
See, how is this, what is this going to manifest to? This is going to manifest to you having a better relationship, first and foremost, with yourself. See, somebody want to know, well, how is this going to help me today? Well, understand that if you have the right understanding about this, it's going to change you today. And when you have a better relationship with yourself, then guess what? You have a better relationship with your wife. You will have a better relationship with your husband. You will have a better relationship with your children. Amen. See, the joy of the Lord, this is your strength. This joy that is to remain full in you, then uh, it's going to turn into so uh, what you can see or manifest itself in the natural, in your here and right now. So instead of you having uh, 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 attitudes and bitterness, See, bitterness can't dwell where the joy of the Lord is. So you want to know how it's going to help you? This is how it's going to help you. It's going to change your bitterness. It's going to change your, your attitude. So now you're going to be able to speak to one another or to your wife or to your husband, to your children in a much different way. 